This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. What will you choose? No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Perfectly timed pause right there on the intro music. <laughs> uh, guys, welcome back. We're a day early. It is Sunday. I don't know the day. I looked at my computer screen thinking it had it on and it doesn't. But it's Sunday and uh, we are recording a day early this week because my co-host, who's back, we have Hannah back with us. She's uh, busy tomorrow. So, Hannah, welcome back, first of all. Where have you been? Thanks. It's nice to be back. I'm going to um, England and North Macedonia tomorrow, Old Trafford. Hence my unavailability tomorrow night. I'd rather have done this. Well, honestly, there were times today when I thought, well, do you know what? Maybe, maybe not. And I managed to book car parking for tonight instead of tomorrow night as well. So everything's going swimmingly and it's it's going just about as well as my Monday night did last week when I wasn't here recording I was at Wembley losing twice for the second time in a month representing the company not actual Stockport but still it didn't go quite as planned so maybe you avoid Wembley going forward. Well, you know, I said to someone at the time, like during the day, they're like, "Oh, you're looking forward to the awards." And it's like, "Oh, well, yeah. If 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 there has to be a win at Wembley, I'd rather save it for County for next year." And they looked at me slightly appalled, like <laughs> I'd put football ahead of professional advancement. Uh, but no, it wasn't to be. And it was quite. Um, I didn't like walking down. It's not Wembley Way, is it? What's it called now? Olympic Way or Olympic? Yeah, I think, I or think something? we still call it Wembley Way, though. It's not the same. Either way, I was walking down there and I was like, oh, last time I walked down here, I was all full of hope and dreams and expectations. And this time it was just trudging. And then Harry Styles was there the next day. So that was uh, something to be avoided as well. He so, yeah. was at Wembley as well. I, he probably won big, I imagine. Yeah. I bet he supports yeah. Carlisle as well. <laughs> I bet he does. I don't know who. Oh, it's from Manchester, way, isn't it? It's from Holmes Chapel, so maybe Crew. That's probably as as close. That's, that's why he never admits it, isn't it? <laughs> that's why he never admits it. Well, we're back, and we are back to. I say normal recording, like I say, we're a day early, but we're going to make this work. Um, It'll be fine. 
you know what? It's going to be good, though, because this is going to be the first time in a few weeks that we've actually kind of covered a bit of both leagues because me and you did the yeah. League 2 one. And then me and Ryan, no, not Ryan. Oh, Gary. Ryan. No, Gary. Yeah, but should we talk about producer Ryan? Oh, that's why yeah. I've said it. I'm looking in his <laughs> eyes now. So we have producer Ryan with us tonight. So I'm going to bring producer Ryan in and let him say hello. Good evening, producer Ryan. Good afternoon. After a year of trying to get me, after a year of nearly trying to get me on, on various things, here I am. <laughs> yes, we tried. We tried very hard. Um, but yeah, you know you, what? You've replaced well, one. You've replaced one ginger-haired, bearded Lincoln fan with another. Oh, yeah, he is, he is ginger, isn't he? We clearly yeah, have a type. Point. We do have a type. We have a type for producers. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Ryan's going to do his first producing with us tonight, and he's going to basically tell us what to do in a little chat at the side because we kind of do need to be managed because we are like children. Um, <laughs> but I think, Ryan, are you going to join us later for the... Uh, well, we'll call it for now Room 101, but we've got an announcement about that. At least people know what's what yeah, it's about. Room 101 Room 101, isn't it? You're going to join us for it, Ryan? Yeah, I'll be. I'll come in. I'll have a think of what, what I can put in. Just put Cornell in. Right, Ryan, I'm going to put you in the waiting room. Enjoy the chat. <laughs> We're back. Right, so League 1, League 2. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start? I don't know what what's going on. Trans this transfers are starting to happen. Mm. That's been nice. Transfer window started on the fourteenth. It feels like I know it's definitely been the case at Stockport, but I've seen it at other teams as well, particularly Swindon, where the fan base has been getting really agitated that there's yeah. not been multiple signings already. I think we've had one, maybe. Um, yeah. The lovely Ibu Torre, who joins us from Salford, um, but otherwise, that's you know that's that's it. But we're what now four days in, and there's still not what? much happening. <laughs> seven, seven weeks to go. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the Swindon fans' thing is that they've not done anything yet. Mm. Um, but you know they're taking a different approach this summer. Uh, Michael Flynn seems to have full control. Um, yeah. which, you know, last season they had a director of football or whatever it was he was called, technical director. Um, he's not there. I know Flynn's been on holiday. Someone literally weirdly posted a photo of him on his flight home on Friday <laughs> asleep. Now, I find that utterly bizarre. Um, <laughs> was that a sign that he was coming back? Like the... Um... Who was it? I can't remember who they were talking about. Maybe it was uh, Toro, and they're saying, "Oh, um, he's he's playing in South Sudan. What's their internet like? Could that be the reason for the delay?" <laughs> I think football fans I think are a different breed. <laughs> we're a different breed. Um, um, but look, but, Flynn, Flynn, yeah. Flynn came back Friday, and he'll be back in. I'm guessing the office tomorrow. Hmm. So I predicted to Swindon fans Tuesday, Wednesday. I think they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll they'll have players lined up. It's just getting the the last bit sorted. And anyone who's coming that's, you know, their contracts don't end officially until the 30th of June anyway, if they're coming and they're out of contract, yeah. you know, they're likely to know what they're doing. And, you know, players have been saying that, you know, they they let their club know. Um, McMenamin, for example, um, he said quite openly that he was very clear with uh, Glenn Torren that mm -hmm. he wanted to go, what his ambitions were. 
Uh, so, you know, with clubs like that, his agent's been working and putting his name out there since. So they've, you know, they've had time and I think things will probably happen quite quickly. But it's interesting you say about um, about Walsall, uh, no, Walsall, Swindon. That's uh, uh-huh. Freudian slip, isn't it? But they, um, Phil Parkinson's the same at Wrexham. He makes a point of every player that they sign he has to meet them so he physically has to be there and talk to them and he says that he likes to make sure that they fit the culture of the team and it's really interesting to for a manager to have that you know they're not just relying on scouts and directors of football and, and who's coming in so i've got a I've got a Phil Parkinson story kind of about that. Now, he likes to meet the players before they okay. sign them. Fine. <laughs> he likes to hide away when it comes to releasing. Oh, I can imagine. I've had bosses so, like that. So, Gary Jones played for Bradford. Uh, came mm-hmm. when he, I think he was 35 and Bradford fans, you know, football fans do what they do. He's 35. He's no way we're shining to play this all. Phenomenal player. Played, I think, like 60 odd games over two seasons. Uh, obviously, captained us to the cup final, captained us to Wembley when we went up, and then played on in League One. And uh, I was involved in a podcast that interviewed him a couple of years ago. And he said that with Phil, he, um, he says Parkinson has this way of somehow getting on your voicemail. He says, and he doesn't know how. Now, he says, what he'll do is he'll ring you and it'll immediately cut off but then he'll leave you a voicemail. So <laughs> what he said happened was, he says he got a, after the uh, the season ended, he spoke to him. They said they sat down face-to-face and Parkinson said, you know, uh, yeah, there's definitely an offer for you going forward. We're going to bring you in. You know, you're doing really well. We think you'll be great for us next season. I'll be in touch. And then he got the call, call disconnected, voicemail. Um, and what happened was on the voicemail, he was saying, Gary, um, listen, I'm not even going to insult you with the offer. Um, it's far too low, so I'm going to, you know, just wish you well. I hope you find the club, blah, 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 blah. So Gary Jones rang him back and was like, well, no, tell me the offer. I was like, <laughs> I, I might I might stay, tell me the offer. He was like, no, 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 I don't, I, you know, I don't want to insult you with what the offer oh, is. No. And he just flat out wouldn't tell him what the money was. Now, that to me says that he never had an offer. No. how to tell him, you know. But yeah. But yeah, he, uh, he said that he just, he, he just... Yeah. He led him down to believe that he had a club. He went home for the summer. He thought, fantastic. And then he got the voicemail. Now, I thought about how he could do the voicemail thing, and I think think he has two phones. Oh, so he rings, like, rings one. (laughs) Rings both at the same time, and when he gets voicemail on one, he disconnects the other. Um, And that's how he does it. And he he has... It's a genius way of doing it, but, yeah, apparently, according to other players as well on on other podcasts and things, they've, they've kind of had similar... Situation. So yeah, Parkinson is very likes to meet incomings, doesn't want to talk to outgoings. Um so Flynn's obviously the same. Uh, we'll we'll see what's gonna happen with, with Swindon. Mm. Uh, I think they'll be bringing players in pretty soon. And speaking of Wrexham and their fellow promotees, is that a word? Well, I'll take it. You it knew what I meant. Notts County. Uh Ruben Rodriguez going to Oxford after producer Gary called them as the dark horse of the League One, which has not attracted any kind of attention or criticism or anything on Twitter. It's people are absolutely fine with it. I think they 100% agree. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not. It's definitely not divided the EFL at all. (laughs) Um, But no, it was weird because 
I know that people will think, oh, well, he, we had an insight, as, like we had a bit of a clue, what we're, genuinely mm-hmm. no idea. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have picked Oxford as the club that he was going to go to no. at all. Um, I would have put a number of League Two clubs above Oxford in terms of attractiveness for him. But do you know what? I bet Gary sat there going, hmm, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's it. I've done it. I've done it. Nailed it. Um, so we'll see. It's a huge, huge, huge signing. Mm-hmm. Um, massive for them. But speaking of big, big signings, Doncaster with it's Ironside, isn't it? Are you not happy with that? I have no opinion. It's Doncaster. You have no opinion. <laughs> Doncaster. Doncaster are making moves. No, I mean, it is. It's, it's nice for him, isn't it? It's that whole. Kind of, I don't know, returning to roots and mm-hmm. I, I, I think that 29 years old, that is what they that's what they needed in January. They mm. needed a player like that. They ended up with Keen Lavery. Um that didn't work out. I'm quite smug because <laughs> doing our live Twitter spaces that we did every week, I said to Doncaster fans for the last two or three months of the season, trust me, next season you'll be fine. You yeah. Can, you can see that the spin steps made. They, they said they were going to invest substantially. They kind of have to. Um, we don't know what substantially is, but looking at the moves that have been made, I mean, they've they've, they've signed now nine players, including one that's come up from the under 18. So eight players from external have have come in by the looks of things. That is ridiculous. The window's been open. This is the is it the fourth day or third day since the window officially opened? Hmm. Uh, it's the 14th, wasn't it? So, four days. Mad. Absolutely mad. Um, so, yeah, they're looking like completely different. They've got Jamie Sterry. They've got Richard Wood. Uh, Ian Lawless have got a new goalkeeper. That needed to be done because their goalkeeper mm-hmm. was pish. Um, sorry to say that, but he was. <laughs> uh, and then they've, they've got this Tyler Roberts from Wolves under 21. And I've seen mixed reactions for him, but I don't know. I I don't know much about him. Do you know anything about him at all? Or? Mm-hmm. No. no. I, th- I mean, McCann has been very clear about what his plans are. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'm sure he fits very neatly into there. He's been you know, very, very specific and moving away from lone players and, you know, having yeah. a much solid, much more solid yeah. squad. So, so I, I think that I think that it will be a, a backup. I think I think he'll be a, a backup Will Roberts more than anything. I can't see him being the main man. I do think that they'll sign another forward though. Um, I was just talking about this with Doncaster fans earlier. I think mm. that they will sign um Danny Johnson. Mm. I, I do I do think they'll sign Johnson. I think that So what would that be? Six seven seven permanent signings? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I mean, they needed a full overhaul, so I do. Yeah, I think that's 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 probably about right. Maybe maybe a couple more after that. But yeah. I I think that if they sign, uh, if they sign Johnson, I expect to see. Uh, oh my Christ! What's he called? George Miller. I expect to see Miller move <laughs> on, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think I I've got a funny feeling that he's going to end up at Doncaster, and I don't know why. I think Doncaster or Swindon. It's mm-hmm. not going to be Walsall because he'd have signed for Walsall by now. He's been 
you know, they, we, they announced he was leaving weeks ago. He could have signed a contract with them. I can't see it being Walsall. Um, I quite fear for Walsall this season as it stands. Yeah. Yeah. And they can very little activity there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and this is the thing about non-football people making football mm -hmm. decisions. Um, Crawley, perfect example last season. Mm -hmm. It's not worked. Um, we'll come on to Crawley soon because we've obviously yeah. got some feedback from the episode that you did. And we can have yeah. a look at what's going to happen there. But Feels like a long time ago. It does. Any other transfer business that you've looked at, whether League One or Two, that you kind of uh, going? Ooh. I think so. Um, again, kind of going back to Notts County, McGoldrick from Derby is a big one for them. And I don't know. Not again, mid thirties, isn't he? It's it's going yeah, back yeah. to to home, I guess, and probably towards the end of his career. But yeah, yeah. it's a big kind of statement signing for them. And I think with Ruben Rodriguez and, you know, who knows whether they'll hold on to Macaulay Langstaff. I I think that Langstaff's, I think that the, the McGoldrick signing shows that Langstaff's going. Do you? Yeah, you I can't see them having a 40-goal National League striker and a 22-goal League One striker up yeah. top next season. Um, yeah, that's reasonable. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Well, mm. we'll have him. Who? Longstar. Yeah, Longstar. I think that's that's what that's what Stockport is still missing. A, you know, a twenty goal striker mm -hmm. would be lovely. We were talking um, just before we started about Aaron Presley at Brentford. Mm -hmm. Been tied with him. I think probably he's more like much more likely to be League One, but yeah. he's one that again everyone seemed to be all over. Um, yeah, be yeah. interesting to see what happens in the next few weeks. Well, we've we've look, we've been in. We came back down to League One, I think, two thousand and eighteen. So this is this has been our fifth year, and for the first four years, we didn't have that striker. We didn't have that twenty goal striker. It, it's, mm -hmm. They are so hard to come across at this yeah. level. It's just not yeah. not easy to do. Um, speaking of players that could be uh, scoring twenty goals, let's look at Gillingham. I don't want to look at Gillingham and Ryan's just oh. put it in the chats to tell us we've got to talk about Gillingham, but there's a reason I don't want to talk about Gillingham and everybody knows what it is. I'm um, worried about Gillingham. What? In terms, I mean, in a good not, way. not like, yeah, yeah, in a good way. If you're a Gillingham fan, in a good way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah there's no financial irregularities or anything that I'm aware of there, you know, no, no. their owners seem good. Yeah, yeah well, I'm worried about the level of activity and the quality of the players some of the players are signing. And it's not slowing down. Uh, no. It looks like Alfie May is yeah. next on their list. Yeah. And That's I mean, disgusting. this is what happened. Like, I, I think I've said on the podcast before that we were supposed to play them on the 18th or 19th of December. Mm -hmm. And it was it was postponed because of, of the pitch. And I said at the time, I'd much rather get this fixture out of the way because yeah. the ownership was changing. I think they announced it around Christmas. And then they went big in the transfer window. And the team that played, and we didn't play them until about March, was just completely different than the team that we would have played in December. And yeah. again, they're in for um, McMenamin. They're um, oh, Johnny Williams. 
Never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> Not a clue who he is. Who is he? I don't know. I, I don't think Bradford have heard of him either. Oh, no, no they did. We definitely have. We paid for a hotel for him. <laughs> Look, here's the thing. Let's talk about that because people are obviously laughing at Bradford for it, but it happens constantly. Business. Yeah. It always happens. I don't believe for a second Johnny Williams was ever signing for Bradford. I think he was using it as leverage, and I feel that well, it, it maybe got maybe he got too far down the line that his agent then leaked it. Maybe because someone leaked it to the Sun. Yeah, I yeah, I mean it's like people in in corporate non football world who hand their notice in expecting mm-hmm. to get a better offer. It, it happens. It's just a it's just another tactic, isn't it? And agents. You know, we you hear stories all the time at the moment of agents pushing up prices in response to interest from some of those clubs with bigger budgets. Yeah. Um, you know, your Wrexhams, your Bradfords that then are kind of almost pricing their players out of the market when they when those clubs then pull out. And um was it Connor McDonald who ended up at Mansfield? That was the situation that he'd been in at Tranmere, was it? Where his Callum McDonald. Callum oh, McDonald. Bristol yeah. Rovers, was it? Uh, we got him from uh, Bristol, or is it before Bristol? I think he went to he, his agent was telling him that he could get League One supposedly, and mm-hmm. then they didn't renew his contract, and um, he ended up out of contract. He came to us, left, still wanting League One football, and then has ended up at Mansfield. And yeah, I think age it'd be interesting to to talk about agents one week and you know what what role they play and you know whether I guess the impact that they have on the whole kind of transfer window business. It's interesting. Hmm. Yeah, no, I think I, uh, agents are I, I've kind of changed my mind a little bit about agents. Now I felt like they were kind of scummy before I mm-hmm. kind of started doing this and I thought that they were like the vultures of the of the football world. But after speaking to them, like <laughs> Ryan's just said they keep him in business. Yes, they do. <laughs> business. True. Um, but here's footballers need agents because after speaking to so many footballers, I don't trust that they could do them themselves. There's, oh no, yeah, hundred percent agree. There were certain footballers that can kick a football about and then that is pretty much the limit of their entire mm-hmm. skill set. It ends, you know, they don't have social skills. They're not that, that and yeah. that's, so look, there are, I don't believe that agents at this level make millions and millions. They're no. not that sort of agent, but you know, it's a short career. Um, it's a short career and it's a low paid career in terms of comparison to the premier league and things. So yeah, I always say if you retire at, say, 38, 39 in the lower leagues and you've played there since you were 17, 18, mm-hmm. every single week that you got paid, you divide that by three. Yeah. Because you then have to have another 40 years where mm-hmm. you've not... I mean, to give you an example, Dean Windass mm-hmm. played in the Premier League, played in the Scottish Premier League. He did, you know, he, he did it all, really, for... In terms of a lower league striker, he got to the, the pinnacle for a lower league yeah. striker and... He's, a, he's an electrician. Yeah. He's, 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 his boys just won promotion in the playoff final. 
and yeah. he's driving around in a yes electrician van doing electrician yeah. stuff. Um, it's not a job that you can retire on, really. No, that and that's where I think like the academy structure plays a massive role in terms of preparing them for um, for jobs outside or allied to football, but mm -hmm. outside playing. You know, in terms of getting them to do their coaching qualifications and UEFA licenses and like all the you know maybe refereeing all those different jobs like in rugby for example um only because i know a lot of ex-rugby players like personal training and mm -hmm. and coaching is a really common one because you know it's allied to what they've been doing but in rugby particularly when they were um when when it was professionalized and the academy structure was coming in there was real pressure on the clubs to keep kids going through uni so that they had a degree at the end of it to come back on because again you know very fragile injuries what have you mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, the, you know, that pressure to maintain your education is important. And, and that's the role of the academies in football as well, to make sure that you know, kids do continue to get an education. Yeah. no, And I think that there needs to be something put in place for players when they decide to, to hang up and there mm -hmm. needs to be a way for them to, to step into something else because, you know, it's got to be difficult. For a lot of players, it's all you've known since you were eight, nine years old. Well, right. And that's the thing, like depending, you know, kids that are 15, 16, who are then you know, released by academies and you know, suddenly they've got to go back into mainstream education. It, it must be incredibly tough. But you know, having those uh, kind of liaisons, Stockport County have a player's player liaison um in the form of in the form of <laughs> James Jennings who who's an ex-player himself and that's one of his responsibilities to to kind of act as that go between the club and and, and make sure that their um pedagogical needs are sorted as well as their playing needs yeah because it, it, it's it's really difficult because you, you kind of they just kind of disappear at our mm -hmm. level, don't they? When it happens, when they yeah. retire, you don't, unless they go and work within a club, you, you just don't see anything from them at all. And it like, they just vanish off the face of the earth. And yeah. that's, I don't like that. I'll be honest, I don't really like it. I think yeah, more needs to be done. I think clubs need to, and again, this comes back to my other thing that I said the, the other week that clubs need to do more for. Mm -hmm. not just the fans but people that have been you know that have made them their money that have given them their success mm -hmm. um any other clubs for you that have that have taken your eye when it comes to transfers and i'm going to mention one in a minute because the fans will come after me if i don't I'll, <laughs> I'll let you go i feel like we should just let you jump into it mansfield oh. so i at the end of the season i was asked where do I think man's? I was asked to predict the top, <laughs> no, the top seven. I think the top seven I was asked to predict. Yeah. And I hate doing it. Yeah. So I threw I threw seven names in and I immediately got, oh, I had Mansfield in there. And I was like, well, first of all, they finished eighth last season. And we've replaced the teams that have gone up with Wrexham and Notts County. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've got some big teams coming down. And I, I just said, I don't feel like you've got the... No, the let yet, and I said it can change, but they know they, they you've got an agenda against us. I, was like, I don't. Mm. Um, anyway, then they signed Will Swan, 
Mm-hmm. And I get tagged in the tweet going, what do you think now we've signed Will Swan? I was like, well, Will Swan was on loan <laughs> here last season. Like, nothing's changed. He was on loan yeah. last season. I was like, it doesn't... Look, Bailey Cargill, again, another one. They Mansfield fans said to me, or they've not just said to me, they've argued for months. The reason their season didn't go the way it needed to last season was because of injuries. Injuries, yeah. Players were too injury prone. Bailey Cargill is an injury prone player. Mm-hmm. And and I, all I said to them was, you, you've told me your issue was injuries and you've replaced injured players with more injury prone players. That's not going to solve your issue. I stand by what I said that I don't think they should have given Clough another year. Mm-hmm. Um, I said back him up until the end when they were within touching distance of the playoffs because yeah. it's silly to sack your manager when you're kind of nearly yeah, there. Yeah, and they were so close, weren't they? Yeah. Um, but I felt it was mad to give him another year, um, mm-hmm. especially when Daryl Clark had become available. Right. Maybe yeah. Daryl Clark turned them down. We'll Who never knows? know. He would have been a lovely, uh, like will. again, lovely, nice story. But... We will, because I'm speaking to Daryl Clark on on on, uh, on another thing at the minute, and we're doing some stuff. So we're gonna we're gonna right. work with Daryl Clark. So I will find out if he's turned down Mansfield. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they, they've not lost many players, but the, the ones that they have lost have gone to to national league and and, and things like that, uh, or national league north. One of them's gone to Scunthorpe, and then mm-hmm. Danny Johnston. So yeah, yeah, look, Mansfield fans. I've mentioned you because you'd come at me if I didn't. I'm not <laughs> saying you won't be up there. Um, but I am saying that you need to do a hell of a lot to be up there, in my opinion. Yeah. And one of the things that we've talked about at length um, over the last few weeks has been that it's a different league this year in terms yeah. of kind of competitiveness and quality. And, you know, that's that's ignoring the teams that have come down. Yeah. That, you know, we're seeing like your Gillinghams, your Doncasters, the ones that were just, you know, top half of the um of the second half of the table. You know, that's without Wrexham, Notts County, yeah. all of the others that have come down. So I think, yeah, I, I agree with you. They're gonna have to do an awful lot more. And yes, injuries, and you know, you could argue that it would be. Yes, they are injury prone, but again, I mean, they at one point they had was it like 11, play, 11 first team mm-hmm. players that were out through injury. You, you've got to feel for them and yeah, but- replacing them with injury prone players, you know, maybe something's changed and they're back to full strength this season. And you know, it's look at the door, I suppose. But does the number of injuries that they get? not fall on the shoulders of Clough. Well, yeah, I mean maybe they're being overtrained, maybe, you know, I don't I I have wouldn't even like to hazard a guess at how many of those injuries were incurred during match play versus on the training pitch. Well, I don't um, think it's where they were incurred. I think it's the setup that they've got to manage them. Yeah. We, we last yeah. season, as a, as a perfect example, we had Derek Adams at the start of last season. Um, and I, over the course of last season, I've never known us ever have so many soft muscle t- tissue mm. injuries. The second he left, he no. stopped. Honestly, and do you know what? It was our CEO that pointed that out to me. And wow. he said to me, he said, how many of those injuries have we had since he's gone? And I was like, um, and he was like, none, we haven't. 
because he was working them too hard. And and they were they were essentially saying, like we interviewed a couple of them before, and they said that on they weren't training for Saturdays, they were training for Mondays. Right. So he was like, we would come in, we'd play a full 90 minutes on a Saturday, and then we would do a full hard cool. training session on a Monday. It was like you, there was no let up. No. Uh, no. So yeah, that and that's what causes those sorts of injuries. I mean, a lot, a lot yeah. of ours were during the games. Yeah. But the bodies are absolutely knackered from being run into the mm. ground. And I think that's what I think Clough's got that old school mentality. And I know he don't what he says he doesn't want to be compared to his dad, and that's why no one's mm. allowed to call him Cluffy, including a nine-year-old <laughs> yeah. who called him Cluffy and got showered at. Yeah. Um but I think he does want to be his dad in terms of certain things. Mm-hmm. I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, essentially, what he's saying is, I don't want to be yeah, a success. Yeah. Is that for yeah. a success? You want to be your dad, mate. You don't want to be yeah. stuck in League Two with Mansfield. <laughs> um, so uh, this week, then, who do we? Who are we expecting to see oh. move? Well, who do you, just let's have a guess. Let's play a little game. Oh no! Who do you think is going to sign someone this season? Uh, this sorry, this week and. Have a guess at a position, and we'll see how it goes. Oh, I think... Well, um, Leighton Orion are going to need a keeper, by the sounds of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so whether they're in a... I mean, they must have known that he was considering going. I've got visions of them coming for Harry Lewis. <laughs> well, maybe... At least, at least, Ben Hinchcliffe has them uh, fairly safe. But yeah, I, I, Leighton Orient are going to need a goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, they are. Um, but will they wait until the the deal's done? Wow! But the thing is, either way, as well, Lawrence Vigoro had a cracking record, but he played pretty much every game apart from that one towards the end of the season where he pulled up and before the game yeah uh, but he was back for us a week later yeah. so you know even even if he is there they they need a, a decent backup yeah. desperately i think it's a big step up isn't it i think i do think yeah to be able to compete in league one when you've been in league two is a, is a step up a massive step up so yeah what happened to Harry Eisted? Where did he sign in the end? Did he go to Barnsley or? I don't know actually. Should we, should we have a should we have a check? Should we do some live? Have a little check because he was um he was on loan at Barnsley, I think from Fulham maybe, and was He's, released. Uh, so yes, yeah, still at Luton. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, but he, Barnsley's. Chief exec is saying that they've they've been getting bids and rejected. So who knows? Who knows? Um, well, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So, yeah, that's my pick. What about yours? I think Swindon sign a left back. I do because I think they, yeah, I'm sure Hutton's a left back, isn't he? Or is he a right back? Where does Hutton play? Ryan's typing. I can see him looking. <laughs> flying. He's right. He's wherever wherever Hutton plays, if it's left back or right back, I can never remember because all I hear is he got this many assists. They never tell me where he <laughs> played. Um but I believe he's gone. So 
I think that there's going to yeah. be yeah, right. right back, right back. Mm-hmm. Look, listen, it was a 50-50 shot, and I, I guess I gamble. <laughs> so we'll go with right. He's a, yeah, I think they're going to need to replace him. Uh, Oscar Threlkeld is available, Swindon fans. Oscar Threlkeld is available after being released from Bradford. That's a little nugget for you there. Take Do you it, think it would be good for them? I think it would be absolutely hilarious. <laughs> um <laughs> For many reasons, he's uh, he's eccentric. He's very out there as a person. Um, really nice when you get him on your own, you have a chat with mm. him. But uh, it's hard to get him to that point where he'll he'll just sit and have a chat. He's very he's a wild person, um, and he's weirdly not a right back. But we signed him as a right back, and he played as right back, and he was terrible as a right back, and he got abuse as a right back. And mm. fans said, "Don't let him put the shirt on ever again." Excellent. But then he went he went out to Oldham on loan and they played him in his natural position in centre mid and he actually did all right. So mm-hmm. um but yeah, no, he, he's he's been really I'm just I'm I'm just winding Swindon fans up, which I know is mm-hmm. unusual for me, but uh the other thing that Ryan's weighed in on is uh keeping an eye on trips away, obviously. Well I'm going Inter- to Tunisia. <laughs> well, I'm going to Spain to watch Lincoln against Stockport. I was hoping Bradford were going to go to Tunisia in October, but they're not. <laughs> no, funny that. No. Um, but as he points out, that you know they might expedite signings to be yeah. able to take players with them, or wait until they come back. There's going to be um, a lot of trialist A and trialist B. Trialist, oh, the trialist family—they they do. Oh, so they well. do every season. It, it gets, <laughs> I don't know how he plays for every club every pre-season. Just trialist A. Um, but, two, uh, two nights in a row for Bradford. Gillingham are off abroad as well, aren't they? I can't remember who else is. Um, we are. So, yeah, we're going. I think, I can't even remember when the game is now. The 5th, 6th, 7th, somewhere around then of July. Mm-hmm. Um, you got your full fixtures for pre season released? Yes. I don't. I know that we're playing Altrincham when I'm at a wedding. That's the only one that I paid attention to, really. Uh, I think we've got. Preston, yeah. This uh, Lincoln was the highlight, obviously. Yeah, of course. We've got the uh, we've got the first game back at Gig Lane for Bury. Oh, nice. So weirdly, they're playing us on the Saturday and they're playing Preston on the Sunday, both at Gig Lane. And uh-huh. Both Preston and Bradford have given assurances that they'll play a full strength squad. <laughs> Fair um, so oh, we've got Blackburn as well. That's that's a decent one, that, but. Mm. Bury tweeted out on Friday or on Thursday saying uh, Bradford have sold 789 tickets for the preseason game. Preston have sold, I think it was like 64. <laughs> I was like, they just, oh. what's, why, why? It's only down the road. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, we, we'll do, we'll talk, I think we'll come to Bury at some point. We, uh, do you know what? I think we should do one week. Do you think we should do an episode where we look at clubs that have dropped out because of we've spoke about bad owners but clubs mm-hmm. that have dropped out because of bad ownership and off the field problems and look at where they are and yeah i think i think we should do that over pre-season that'd be nice yeah because the other clubs. one that might happen this week obviously non-transfer related is that reading need a manager reading need a miracle well yes i was you know going for the the small things that can be solved immediately but yeah i think so... the miracle's more likely at this stage than <laughs> Um, and a manager you, you, that's happy to take on a points deduction going into the season now. And possibly not bring his own staff. Yeah. 
Yeah. So we need a Reading fan. We're putting a, a call out. We did ask for one for this week, but to be fair, it was a bit short notice, and then we've recorded a day early, so we haven't got one. Yeah. But let's let's call for a Reading fan for next week. So if anyone's listening knows a Reading fan, please tag away, <laughs> um, and we'll we'll get them on. Been told that they have been to, oh, so Reading have been linked yeah. with move. Uh, right, right. Ryan's putting things in chat to us, guys. But every player he's mentioning, I can't pronounce their names. Ruben How Sellers. Is, is it Sellers? Is that his name? Yeah, yeah. Say it? yeah. You say he's at Southampton like I watch Premier League football. I, well, no, I think he's like, and he's currently Southampton. Yeah. I'm not a heathen. <laughs> Because I read the real, the real EFL. But they cover the yeah. EFL. <laughs> no, but because of Reading. Oh, they covered it. Sorry, Ryan. Yeah. Sorry, Ryan. Yeah, I read it earlier today. It's a great, great article. Um, give it a read, guys. But, but you know what? We need to we need to talk about Reading because Wigan's been kind of solved now. We hope. We think. It does look like it. They've got new owners, and the EFL mm. have ratified it, and they've been taken off the transfer embargo list the only club that remaining are reading let's see if we can uh, get a reading fan and we can have a look at what's there because it's you know we look we had a wigan fan on and then someone went out and bought wigan look, yeah we're not saying that we're, we're not saying we're the cause <laughs> we, we definitely and are. after we did the the crawley town special with the crawley town supporters alliance yes they've got a meeting with wagme this week coming so there's a little bit of progress there and obviously yeah. wish them all success with their discussions yeah um so apparently Eben reached out to mm -hmm. Ruben on Friday and um, to set up a meeting so the meeting I think Wednesday this week hopefully mm -hmm. and uh yeah let's, let's see what happens and if anyone does have any questions they've been asked to direct them to the Quality Town Sporters Alliance by it. So wag me up, that's what wag me up asked. So if you do have any questions, they were at CTS Alliance on Twitter. Have you uh, have you seen the reactions to the wag me post? No. It, it hasn't gone down well. Oh, really? They locked off comments. Oh, no, I did see that they'd locked off comments, yeah. So everyone's just quote tweeting it and it's just, it is so toxic and so you know what? i actually got into a, a bit of a discussion with someone last night because i did one of those i know you saw it one of those ask me anything anonymous things yeah i, re <laughs> I regret it um <laughs> because i found out that when people don't have to use a name they can be incredibly intrusive yeah oh well, uh, i did one this morning and similar yeah bizarre um and i had someone say to me who's the worst run club in the efl do i believe and i said reading and immediately mm. I got the response, well, do you not think Crawley? No, not at all. Mm -hmm. Look, things haven't been great on the pitch for yeah. Crawley, but in terms of progress off it, they have made some. You might not like to hear mm. that, but there has been steps that have been made off the pitch. You know, Things have got better in terms of like a match day experience. They've mm -hmm. lowered your season ticket prices. Mm -hmm. yeah, I know you couldn't buy kits, but they managed to get Adidas as a sponsor. Um, yeah. And, yeah, as, as it's just been pointed out in there, at least Crawley will be able to field a squad next year. Yeah. Reading might not. And, you know, they, 
for for every, all the criticism there were some great commercial partnerships that they brought in they're nowhere near administration as far as i know you know which is that you know when we're, we're talking about your wiggins your um your readings and you know, we were talking about leads before we started that it's the financial regulations and the all of the rules around administration and 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 getting out of it that that cause massive impacts to to clubs obviously but then also in terms of points deductions as well yeah no no um yeah I, look I, I wish Crawley well I hope they mm. get things sorted but things aren't as bad no. as their fans think they are and I know it's hard when you're in that bubble to see that it any other way but yeah take a step back have a little bit of a look and look at everything as a whole yeah communication has been terrible some decisions have been absolutely diabolical yeah and i think you know we one of the things when we were talking to uh, the crawley town supporters alliance and and also wigan was that uh, camaraderie that comes from the fans of other teams that have been through it and you know post our wigan episode i got quite um involved or, or quite invested I guess mm -hmm. in in Wigan's success and started following a load of, of Wigan accounts that I'd not followed before and it was the roller coaster even you know as they came up to the to the takeover which actually happened quite quickly in the end yeah. the the ups and downs and the promises that were made in terms of the commitments pay the players and the the staff and then that was defaulted on again it, it and and when you're feeling that and those ups and downs so intensely, I can completely see why you become very centric to your own club and it, and it feels terrible. But actually, as you pointed out, Crawley's problems to some degree aren't of that magnitude. Yeah, and that, that was... <sighs> That was kind of going to be my room 101 this week when we, we you know, we'll, Ooh, we'll lead on to room 101. Lovely segue. It is because I was going to throw Jamie Carragher into room 101, <laughs> but I was going to throw Jamie Carragher into room 101 as a as the face of the situation because mm -hmm. throughout this season I've seen him tweet that Everton are the worst run club in the country. That is an absolute joke. Reading fans would kill to be Everton. Mm -hmm. At the time, Wigan fans would have. Bolton fans, for what they've been through. Derby fans, for what they've been through. We've been through shit with ours. You, I mean, what yeah. would you have rather have done? Would you have rather been in Everton's position in the Premier League <laughs> looking like you're going to get relegated or going to Kings Lynn away? Oh, National League North. Those are the days. And that, that's what I'm, I was trying to get my head around. Like, But that's not going to be my room 101. And... It's not called Room 101 anymore, is no. it? It's not. No. Because we decided that Room 101, first of all, is already taken. We thought <laughs> if this takes on Legal the, reasons. Yeah, we'll get done. But we also thought it's not very football related. So give you a scenario as to how we've come up with this name. When a player is shit, and we get a lot of them at this level, <laughs> and they try and shoot from 30 yards out and the ball blasts over and it's a pointless, useless attempt at goal, mm -hmm. it lands in Rose's head. Mm -hmm. So, yes, like Harry McCurdy, Ryan, with his penalty in the playoffs, yes. <laughs> so Ryan's putting these, Swindon fans, Ryan's putting these things in chat and he's knowing that I'm going to say them because he knows that you'll come after me 
Um, I don't care. I'm just letting you know. So we're going to be putting things into row Z now mm-hmm. as opposed to in room 101. So mm-hmm. Hannah, I'm, let's do it. What are you going to punt into row Z first? Are we bringing Ryan in? Let's bring in Ryan! Yes, I, you know, I think I feel like it's always nice to have, you know, a panel and then it's not just me against you. Ryan can be the voice of reason. Ryan's on mute. Ryan's on mute, ready to be the voice of reason. Yeah. Ryan's the voice of reason. He's completely Come on, mute. Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> You're still on mute, Ryan. Still on mute. Right, okay. No, no this, is like watching, this is like watching Grant try and record for Lower League. Look this. <laughs> Uh, uh, right. Well, I'll just have to be right, very compelling. You're not on mute anymore. Can you hear me now? Yay! Yay! <laughs> right. That's what right. happens when you try and plug in some headphones halfway through. Yes, you don't uh, mess with your devices once we press record. So, <laughs> into Rose Z. Into Rose Z. So, mine is we've been asking people to to send in their own submissions for what was formerly known as Ring 101. So I bring to you for your consideration from the very lovely Claire Jeffs, who, um, if in, in case anyone knows, I've been asked to try and find out. So this is for you, Ryan, as well, and the, the Lincoln community. Uh, Pinatar, which is where we're playing Lincoln, is well known for its mud baths and its flamingos. Claire would like to know if you can cuddle flamingos at the mud baths in Pinatar. Apparently, Google's not yielding this information. Um, it's very important to the success of the preseason tour. Anyway, uh, so Claire has submitted. <laughs> it's probably the reason they've chosen it, quite honestly. Um, so Claire's submission for um, Into Rosette is half and half scarves. So Wembley Way, I refuse to call it anything else, uh, was flooded with. I didn't actually see that many people wearing them, but certainly available for purchase, half and half scarves. I went on my occasional trips to Old Trafford and the Etihad. They seem to be available for every match. They are the football equivalent of like a Facebook check-in. It's that it's epitomous of day trippers who just want to kind of prove they're there. And with my socially environmental hat on, they're almost certainly contributing to waste, land waste, because they can't all get sold. What happens to them next? Do they just you know, get sent away to, to landfill or I don't know, are there maybe maybe they get sent to somewhere worthy and there are children who would otherwise be very cold running around in Carlisle County half and half scarves. I don't know. Still. Or half man city. Yeah. <laughs> That'd suit all parties really, wouldn't it? Well, yeah. Do you know I I agree. I agree to an extent. Oh. And there's a, there's, a, there's a caveat of when I when I I don't mind them. Okay. There's certain occasions where I feel like you can get away with them and so we play, obviously, our cup final example. When we went to Wembley and we played Swansea in the cup final, right? I, I bought a half and half scarf because that for me is a, that's a big, it's not just a one-off league game where we're playing them. That for me is a, a memorial for that game. That is always going to be, so So certain instances I can 
I can get on board with. But going to watch Man United, Man City in the Premier League in a Manchester derby and buying a half and half scarf can get in the bin. But with your Swansea thing, did you not feel like you were wearing Swansea colours? You were almost kind of dividing your loyalties between Bradford and Swansea. Yeah, but hey, do you know what it was? Like, we didn't, we didn't feel any hatred or ill feelings towards Swansea. Like, we, we both clubs really kind of supported each other on that day because, look, Swansea had Chelsea in the semi-finals who everybody thought were going to get to the final. We yeah. shouldn't have been in the final. And it was just kind of like, honestly, it was like a cup final where both sets of fans just were kind of happy to be there. And I, I don't know. I did, The amount of people I saw with those scarves, and I, I, look, people still have them now. You see them on match days now. People still have those those scarves. No that game yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so is that then evidence of like, I was there back in the day? Yes. And that's because that is like... If you go and get, if you let's say there's a Manchester derby this season and you go buy a Manchester City, a Man United half and a half scarf, yeah, you can attribute that to any Manchester derby. Yeah, really hard to count, but this was for one game that's never oh. ever going to happen again. It oh. says on it League Cup final 2012 2013. It's got all the so it's kind of made for that occasion. It's not just a random game. So that I'm not that one convinced. I think then what you're taking from the match. I think yes. if you're going for um, like a proper competition, no, no, I'm here to support my team. That's it. But if you're there for the occasion, the big Wembley lights and all that sort of stuff, I suppose you you can. Um, but on the condition that it's not a derby team, yeah, it's not a rival. It's not somebody that you're gonna play in the league going forward, and you've got like some you're both competing at the top of the league. That's different. We were never going to get to another cup final again. We just weren't. It's not. But there we're must not... have been, like, because they have all the scarves. Could you not have bought a Bradford cup final scarf? Because they exist too. Like, I've got them from yeah. County from Wembley in the 90s. Yeah, but here's the thing. So, in 10 years' time, anyone who thinks back, there's going to be quizzes and there's going to be a quiz. Which League Two side got to a Capital One Cup final in 2013? The only club to do. And the quizzes about that cup and that competition and that year are going to be all about Bradford. No one's going to talk about Swansea. Swansea aren't going to be the, the, the thing that anyone remembers. So for me, it's kind of remembering who we played. If, I, if I'd if i have never brought it up and I said to the cup final, would you have known off the top of your head without thinking that we played Swansea? I still, I mean, it's very tenuous. Oh, it is. It's I that's, that's why. That's why it's kind of a, you know good defense of it and everything. I'm, I'm not defending it's it. Like I'm, I'm going to agree to. I'm going to agree to put it in, but I'm going to have that little caveat where I keep my Bradford Swansea half and half scarf. Right. Yeah. I'm going to look at you differently now. But okay. At least I'm, I'm wearing cool. clothes, Hannah. <laughs> right, Ryan. What do you think, Matt? Are you going to even allow to put this in? I, I'm going to vote for to put it in because. Yeah. Yeah, they're just. That's my hundred percent record intact. I think and you. as well as that, it's very rarely the clubs that are actually selling them either. It's often yeah. retailers and people trying to make a quick, quick quid. I'm going to design a scarf. Oh. And it's going to have every single League Two club on it. <laughs> just for Hannah. 
It's going to be the 23-24 League Two scarf. I'm all right, thanks. It's a really um, sweet offer, but... I'm going to send you one. It's going to be made of silk. <laughs> what, like a repeat? Uh, yeah. Wow. I'll look, I mean, I'll, I'll look forward to it. Yeah. Ryan, have you had to think of one? I have. I have. Oh. And it's unrealistic transfer expectations. <laughs> you don't need to explain. What yeah. do you mean? Messi's going to county. <laughs> because we are, what, four days into the window and yeah. we already have teams going, we're, we're doomed for the season, we're, we're yeah. not going to do anything, everything's dreadful. Um, when in fact, most of the players are still on holiday, most of the yeah. staff haven't even started. And then every single rumour they're linked with, if they see them signing for someone else, it's just instantly. Oh, it's, well, we've lost it, isn't it? We've lost them. We've lost out to them. Yeah. Yeah. Serial yeah. bottlers. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a transfer window heat map? Like, you know, in terms of tracking, like what percentage of deals are done in week one through to that would be really interesting. And then we could like pull it out every year and be like, you're all right yet, yeah, don't worry. There should be one, definitely yeah. should be one, but I don't think there is. See, at the moment, you, we're in that awkward period at the moment between when um, the transfer window opens and when the free agents are all released. Yeah. yeah. So at the moment, if any clubs want to keep hold of any of those players that are being released, They've still got two weeks to negotiate mm -hmm. with them before they actually do anything. So any movements at the moment are actually free transfers as opposed to um, actually yeah. joining as a free agent. So if I, if I was a player, I wouldn't sign for anyone until my contract was up. I'd want to make sure that I got every single minute of making sure that it's the right deal, mm -hmm. like making sure that anyone who wants to come in for me last minute still can. I think yeah. I wouldn't want to sign it unless it's a mega money deal. Um but yeah, I, I like when when you say when you're talking about unrealistic, you're talking about the fact that because they've not made so many moves by now, that's it. The season's done. Just, right off already. Just everything to do with the wind, <laughs> the window. <laughs> everything. <laughs> Looking through my DMs and through my tweets of people saying, "Oh, well, Lincoln uh, aren't serious if we aren't going for X player who has never actually been linked to us, but." Because he's available on a free and without yeah. considering the wages or the location, and that's a, another factor which people don't take into account of this this level location. Um, people don't think things through, or they just judge without any information whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing someone a couple of weeks ago who said, "Oh, we're just going to let Wrexham go in and do all of their business, and then everyone else will just get what's left." Like that was the 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 rationale around timing for the transfer window. I like the naivety of football fans as well. There were there were there were Bradford fans last summer who genuinely believed we'd signed Mario Balotelli. <laughs> I think he was signing at County one time as well. Yeah, no, but people might probably thought that was a joke at County. People genuinely believed we'd signed <laughs> Mario Balotelli. There was a Photoshop of him holding up a shirt, and they were adamant he was real. Adamant it was real. Um, unrealistic transfers of it. And yeah, I, I suppose like we've seen it. So I'm going to call out, a, I'm not going to name, but I'm going to say the team, a Stevenage fan 
who seems to be a little bit obsessed with Bradford at the minute because all his tweets are about Bradford and transfer. And last night he tweeted out saying, uh, challenge for Bradford to sign a player under 32 years old. And I was sat there reading it and I laughed to myself. I was like, you should focus on staying up, boys. <laughs> like <laughs> Steve Evans has a history of taking teams up and then leaving halfway through the next season. Mm. Maybe focus on your own things at the minute. Um because no one provoked you and you're just randomly tweeting about another club. Yeah. Uh, mm. I find it I find fans being obsessed with other teams is is quite bizarre. There's well. not much else to do at the moment, is there? I had a completely free Saturday yesterday and lost the plot a little bit because there was not much to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I agree on that front. But, you know, if, if you're going to look at football, you'd look at your own club rather than someone else's, wouldn't you? But even then, it's a small amount of effort that people actually put into. Like, for example, I got messaged by a Swindon fan the other day, shortly after um, Charlie Austin had just re-signed, asking if they were signing Troy Deeney. And it's like, you've just signed a striker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your, your focal point striker, why would you... Just two seconds of thinking would have solved that. Yeah. Yeah. And again, similar to me, when uh, Johnny Williams went to Gillingham in, in, almost immediately in my DMs, well, when we get announced the next one, it's like, well, we kind of didn't know we weren't going to announce this one. So, you know, they, they'll, they'll be working. Um, oh, Johnny Williams, what a dick. <laughs> so. Yeah. You can tell that producer Gary's off this week. The language has gone like down the line. So angry, so angry this week. Um, so, room, what? No, no. Into row Z. Are we putting unrealistic transfers into rooms, row Z? Yes, with, but with the caveat that it's also quite fun. <laughs> yes, I agree. Like, as, a, like, as a kind of observer. We should be able to, we, we put them into Rosehead, but we get them out every now and again to have a giggle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Take them to Greg's for yeah. a past day, because that's where they were last seen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or outside Nando's in Hartlepool. Yeah. <laughs> or buying a kebab on Manningham Lane in Bradford. Yeah. That's usually a good Chesterfield one. Tesco. Chesterfield Tesco. It's notorious for footballers. Yeah. Um, to be fair, we all laugh and joke about it, but then Romney Critchlow put on his story that he were in Costco. So... <laughs> It, it kind of, you know, went across there, um, kind of threw everything under the bus. We, we were like, oh, maybe it does happen. Maybe people do see them in shops. <laughs> some mine. Was he going for some muffins? I don't know what he was going for. I think he was buying furniture for Peterborough. Mm. I'm positive that's where he's going. <laughs> um, but no one will tell me. So my inter-rosed punt is going to be substandard food at games. Technology. Yes, done. Done. Yeah. <laughs> and, and do you know what? I hope that any football clubs that watch this understand why I'm saying this. I'm not saying the food's terrible. I'm saying it's not good enough. Because when oh, you're I've in there... Terrible food. Yeah, Salford's chips. Um, uh, uh, <clears throat> well, some of Salford's chips. We don't need to them. get into this again, though. Depends where you eat them. But, <laughs> no... Um, once you're in the ground, it's like a monopoly. Mm -hmm. You can't buy food from anywhere other than in the ground. So make it nice. Make it worthwhile. If you want fans to come and spend money, give them a reason to. Like yeah. if, if the food was nicer in grounds, I'd get there a lot earlier. I'd go mm -hmm. in, I'd have something to eat, I'd have a couple of drinks. I'd, mm -hmm. you know, but it's, it's even down to 
you know, the coffin when it's the pre-made plastic oh, cups like where they just rip the plastic. Egg bit stuff, yeah. Yeah, they just rip the little foil lid off and fill mm-hmm. it with water and just basically... Honestly, we are... I went to... Where was it? Where was it? Where was it? It Crawley. I went to Crawley, right? Crawley was one step away when I got my portion of chips. And do you know what? They'd have tasted nicer if she'd just screwed them with a ball and just fucking thrown them at me. Oh, no. You see, I had a pie at Crawley and it was really nice. Chips were wrong at Crawley as well. Can't but, you know, but she was bigging them up as we were, she were making them. Were you in the home end again? No, no, I was in the away end. I've done both. Don't get me wrong. Up in the hospitality. Look, I'm putting uh-huh. the hospitality. I've been, <laughs> I've been up in the corporate. It's actually quite nice food up there. We had bangers and mash. Awesome to have at football. Mm-hmm. But when I went in the away end, and she, I was like, what are your chips like? She was like, oh, they're amazing. Best chips you'll get in league, this. And I literally saw her put them in the fryer and take them back out. That's because they were like, double chip, double double cooked chips. No, they were half cooked. Um, <laughs> when she did it, I was like, "Oh no, no!" Anyway, she handed me them, and I literally I bit into it, and I was like, "No, you're all right." And I hit, I just gave them my back. <laughs> Didn't ask for my money back. I just gave them the chips back. I said, "Yeah, take them." I just walked away. So yeah, un- food that is not of s an fully edible standard. I think as well, and this is probably a bit niche. But if you're trying to juggle children, mm-hmm. pies in you know the ones in the plastic bags, yes. awful, and then three bottles, and they've taken the lids off them because clearly I look like the type to use them as projectile missiles or something. It's like I burnt my hands, I dropped a bottle. It was carnage, quite yeah. honestly. So about the lids thing. Um... I I was at a Bradford game and a mm-hmm. steward stopped me because I had a can of Red Bull. Uh-huh. Now, when I had the can of Red Bull not open, he was fine. When I opened the Red Bull, he was like, no, you can't have that. And I was like, oh, am I not allowed to bring to drink drinks from elsewhere? He was like, yeah. no, no, you, you can use it as a weapon. I was like, what do you mean? He said, well, you could throw it on pitch. I was like, I could throw it when it was sealed. Yeah. Like, and do more damage. It's arguably more dangerous because it yeah. would lose some of the Red Bull in... in- yeah. yeah, no, that that's that's yeah. probably a, a conversation for us to have about stupid safety restrictions in games, yeah. things that we're allowed to do, which are quite clearly dangerous, and things that we're not allowed I to do. I can't remember like, where games. it was, maybe Gillingham. The the lady didn't take the bottle top off, and I got really excited. <laughs> and she was like, Oh no, we've just had so many people arguing with us that it's just not worth the hassle. I got to the point last season where I had bottle tops in my pocket to put on bottles once they gave them to me. That's how ridiculous it got. But, because of the kids just to, like, kick them over. Well, I suppose it's that thing of, like, they, they think you're going to throw the bottle tops at the players. That's, I suppose, the thing. I but, promise not to. Well, what's someone going to do? They just get a coin out of the pocket instead. Mm-hmm. And what would a player rather be hit with, like, a plastic bottle top or a, yeah. a, a coin? Um, so, yeah, that, that's my... And you know what? It's not just crap food... It's the prices. Make yeah. the prices better. Like if you're gonna ch- if you're gonna have crap food, charge crap food prices. Mm-hmm. But don't charge me more than what I can go and buy. So a pie, for example, I can go buy a full steak pie from my farm shop for five pounds, or I can yeah. buy a little one for four pounds seventy that's half cooked and it's three quarters pastry. And you're right as well about it being part of the the thing. I think Grimsby. We intentionally got to early because we knew that they 
like they had good food and they yeah. put something on Facebook. They'd communicated with our supporters group beforehand. And County, after we opened the courtyard at Christmas, every single game I was in the vicinity of the ground by half one for a three o'clock kickoff. And I was spending money that I wouldn't have done normally. Uh, so, yeah, I think when it's done well and done properly, it makes a massive difference. Sheffield Wednesday, I mean, obviously they're, they're going up, but their food kind of in the concourse was incredible there was every different type of food that you could possibly imagine and suddenly I wanted to be in league one that was that was the turning point I wasn't bothered before that and then I was like no I want pasta or rice bowls or yeah so much this is you're not going to like this Hannah but for, <laughs> for me the absolute pinnacle of it is Manchester City um if you go to Manchester City now outside the ground obviously they have live music on stage but they have all this street food from around the world all different street food vendors and there's so much to do there mm -hmm. and again this isn't just down to food that is a match day experience we call it a match yeah. day experience yeah. and they're only giving us 90 minutes the rest yeah. of it is kind of just oh, well is what it is my kids don't want to go to games because they're bored and if they mm -hmm. had something to look forward to before or there was yeah. something that included them, then mm -hmm. they wouldn't mind the football side of things. But as it stands, yeah. they get dragged to the game for nothing. They sit and watch the game and they come home and it's been a waste for them. It's not a match day experience anymore. No. It's, it's just get there before the game, watch the game, leave. There's not anything that entices you to come in. And I'm wrong, clubs are trying to make changes. There are, but it's not enough yet. There's a lot no, to be done. So my twin who... Uh, so I, the twins, one loves football in Stockport County one does not in any way shape or form and has to be dragged slash bribed and Stockport County have made me made it very easy for me to do that because they do free face painting they do free balloon modeling and stuff she she's obsessed with the cheese and onion pies um, and we go to home bargains on Castle Street but that for her that's part of that kind of ritual and and she gets a program and does a flipping statistics and spreadsheets on a phone bless her at nine but that's you know uh, otherwise I don't think I'd stand a chance quite honestly no, no I think yeah. the um the actual fan zone areas are getting better across yeah. the leagues a lot yeah. of them are doing like Lincoln has got theirs with They've got curry, they've got hot dogs, they've got all sorts of different things. Um, they do, they've got some ex players there who do signings, mm. they've got the occasional band and stuff. But as soon as you step into the ground, yeah, that food is horrendous. It's the tiny little burgers you get, um, which is stick it in a bun and all that sort of stuff. But I'm going to play devil's advocate on that with um, food in the grounds, they have two maybe two 15 minute windows um a week to actually sell food um so they need high turnover high profit quick food that they can just get out so um, all the burgers all the hot dogs everything like that pre-cooked quick heat up and zero waste whereas if you're doing your more like all, all of the street vans and stuff like that you see outside the curries and things like that when the match day's over they pack up and off they go to somewhere else they go to a festival or they go to somewhere else 
Liam's just playing with fire halfway through what this. What are you doing? I was trying to light my candle, um, but it took me a while to light my match. Um, anyway, now it's going to burn out. Carry on, Rain. I'm so glad yeah. we don't have this on YouTube. <laughs> there would be a lot more context to it. It was the lighting up of your eyes. Just, just it was. <laughs> oh, beautiful. What a candle. Wild rhubarb. Carry on. But yeah, yeah, it's just it's just they have a very high they've got to have a very high turnover, very high profit, and very quick food. Um they can't focus on anything more. If they do a curry or they do anything like that, they'll end up with loads of waste, loads of prep time and everything like that. It it, it just doesn't work very well. Although yeah. it is awful. We have I... um complicated levels of combinations of pie mash gravy peas and you can bet your life that at any given time pre-game or at half time that two of those four things aren't available yeah. and wouldn't I, hurry, uh, but we'll save that for another week i call i disagree there as someone who owned a cafe it is very easy to make from fresh, quick, and on a mass level, because they have the they've got the tools, they've got the look, they've got all these hot cupboards sat there, rip them out and replace them with the tools to do it. That's my thing. They have look, the reason they can't do it is because they've filled them all with hot cupboards that just keep things warm. That's the issue. Um, if a food van can do it and they can do it. At a, a fast pace. I get that they're going to lift off and go elsewhere, blah, blah, blah. But a lot of the food companies out, sorry, a lot of the food in grounds is outsourced to companies. So, yeah, we have a pie provider. So they bring the food with them anyway. Um, you've got, you you know, Hannah at Stockport, you've got the, the things in the cups. Meal in a cup, it's the best thing. That's the sort of thing. Look, that, that, that's not hard to produce on a mass level. Oh no, oh, yeah. and that, that could be available in the ground, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Like it's, I mean, it's literally plop. Like have your poppadom on top and a bit of coriander. There you go. Yeah, hey, you even did the Christmas home. dinners. You did the Christmas dinners. Yes, the Christmas um, dinners. And the, things like that could be done across all grounds, but uh, I don't know. It's just once you're in the ground, it's like you're in now. So what? Are you hungry? If you're hungry, here's this food and you're going to pay what you think you're going to pay for it. And, and if you're not, then you know what? ritual as well. Like my dad always used to say to me at County in the 90s, like, oh, the biggest the biggest cheer at counties when the pies come out at half time. Like that was, that, that was the thing. You go, you leave your seat five minutes early and you go and queue up because the pies aren't available before. They're only at half time. And yeah, yeah I think there is a level of ritual there, definitely. Well, that's mine. I'm saying shit food and overpriced shit food on grounds. What are we thinking? Yeah, 100% yeah, for me. Yeah. Get in. Yeah. <laughs> aside, from week one, aside from week one, where you clearly misunderstood what I was saying, I'm winning. Obviously. Um, so, anything else anyone wants to add before we wrap up? Because we've gone, we're an hour and 13. Gary will be having kittens. What are we thinking? <laughs> What are we doing next week? Oh, let, we want to talk to a Reading fan. Reading fans come at us. Um, yes, please. 
Hannah, do you want to say goodbye to everyone? Say bye to producer Ryan as well, because we... Yeah, thank you, producer Ryan, for joining us. And Thank you for having um, me. For Spot being the voice of reason. <laughs> the muted voice of reason. But all transfer news is uh, available on um, the real of EFL.co.uk and you can follow us on Twitter at the real EFL one send us your submissions for into Rose Z and anything else that you'd like to cover and especially if you're a Reading fan we'd love to hear from you thanks so much we'll see you again next week the 90th minute and all your mates around watching your team on iFollow you've got your McNugget share box on the go and you know what your mates already got booked for double dipping but then late on you steal in grab the last nugget and snatch all three points perfect why not order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app you in at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com 